Section seven of Child Harold's Pilgrimage, Count of Four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Child Harold's Pilgrimage by George Gordon, Lord Byron, Count of the Fourth, verses one hundred fifteen to one hundred thirty-four. Egeria, sweet creation of some heart which found no mortal resting-place so fair as thine ideal breast, whate'er thou art or wert, a young aurora of the air, the nymphalopsy of some fond despair. Or it might be a beauty of the earth, who found a more than common votary there, too much adoring, whatsoe'er thy birth, thou wert a beautiful thought, and softly budded forth. The mosses of thy fountain still are sprinkled with thine Elysian water-drops, the face of thy cave-guarded spring, with years unwrinkled, reflects the meek-eyed genius of the place, whose green wild margin now no more arrays art's works, nor must the delicate waters slip, prisoned in marble bubbling from the base of the cleft statue with a gentle leap the rim runs o'er and round fern flowers and ivy creep fantastically tangled the green hills are clothed with early blossoms through the grass the quick-eyed lizard rustles and the bills of summer birds sing welcome as ye pass flowers fresh in hue and many in their class implore the pausing step and with their dyes dance in the soft breeze in a fairy mass the sweetness of the violet's deep blue eyes, kissed by the breath of heaven, seems coloured by its skies. Here didst thou dwell in this enchanted cover, Egeria, thy all-heavenly bosom beating for the far footsteps of thy mortal lover, the purple midnight veiled that mystic meeting with her most starry canopy, and seating thyself by thine adorer. What befell? This cave was surely shaped out for the greeting of an enamoured goddess, and the cell haunted by holy love the earliest oracle. And didst thou not thy breast to his replying blend a celestial with a human heart? And love, which dies as it was born in sighing, share with immortal transports, could thine art make them indeed immortal, and impart the purity of heaven to earthly joys, expel the venom and not blunt the dart, the dull satiety which all destroys, and root from out the soul the deadly weed which cloys? Alas, our young affections run to waste, or water but the desert, whence arise but weeds of dark luxuriance, tears of haste, wrung at the core though tempting to the eyes, flowers whose wild odours breathe but agonies, and trees whose gums are poison, such the plants which spring beneath her steps as passion flies, o'er the world's wilderness and vainly pants for some celestial fruit forbidden to her wants. O love, no habitant of earth thou art, an unseen seraph we believe in thee, a faith whose martyrs are the broken heart, but never yet hath seen, nor ever shall see, the naked eye, thy form as it should be. The mind hath made thee, as it peopled heaven, even with its own desiring fantasy, 
into a thought such shape and image given as haunts the unquenched soul-parched wearied wrung and riven of its own beauty is the mind diseased and fevers into false creation where where are the forms the sculptured soul hath seized in him alone can nature show so fair where are the charms and virtues which we dare conceive in boyhood and pursue as men the unreached paradise of our despair which o'er-informs the pencil and the pen and overpowers the page where it would bloom again who laughs raves tis youth's frenzy but the cure is bitterer still as charm by charm unwinds which robed our idols and we see too sure nor worth nor beauty dwells from out the mind's ideal shape of such yet still it binds the fatal spell and still it draws us on reaping the whirlwind from the oft-sown winds the stubborn heart its alchemy begun seems ever near the prize wealthiest when most undone we wither from our youth we gasp away seek seek unfound the boon unslaked the thirst thou to the last in verge of our decay some phantom lures such as we sought at first but all too late so are we doubly cursed love fame ambition avarice tis the same each idle and all ill and none the worst for all are meteors with a different name and death the sable smoke where vanishes the flame few none find what they love or could have loved though accident blind contact and the strong necessity of loving have removed antipathies but to recur ere long envenomed with irrevocable wrong and circumstance that unspiritual god and miscreator makes and helps along our coming evils with a crutch-like rod whose touch turns hope to dust the dust we all have trod our life is a false nature tis not in the harmony of things this heart decree this uneradicable taint of sin this boundless upas this all-blasting tree whose root is earth whose leaves and branches be the skies which rain their plagues on men like dew disease death bondage all the woes we see and worse the woes we see not which throb through the medicable soul with heartaches ever new yet let us ponder boldly tis a base abandonment of reason to resign our right of thought our last and only place of refuge this at least shall still be mine though from our birth the faculty divine is chained and tortured cabined cribbed confined and bred in darkness lest the truth should shine too brightly on the unprepared mind the beam pours in for time and skill will couch the blind arches on arches as it were that rome collecting the chief trophies of her line would build up all her triumphs in one dome her coliseum stands the moonbeams shine as to where its natural torches for divine should be the light which streams here to illume this long explored but still exhaustless mine of contemplation 
in the azure gloom of an italian night where the deep skies assume hues which have words and speak to ye of heaven floats o'er this vast and wondrous monument and shadows forth its glory there is given unto the things of earth which time hath bent a spirit's feeling and where he hath lent his hand but broke his scythe there is a power and magic in the ruined battlement for which the palace of the present hour must yield its pomp and wait till ages are its dower o oh, time the beautifier of the dead adorner of the ruin comforter and only healer when the heart hath bled time the corrector where our judgments err the test of truth love sole philosopher for all beside our sophists from thy thrift which never loses though it doth defer time the avenger and to thee i lift my hands and eyes and heart and crave of thee a gift amidst this wreck where thou hast made a shrine and temple more divinely desolate among thy mighty offerings here are mine ruins of years though few yet full of fate if thou hast ever seen me too elate hear me not but if calmly i have borne good and reserved my pride against the hate which shall not whelm me let me not have worn this iron in my soul in vain shall they not mourn and thou who never yet of human wrong left the unbalanced scale great nemesis here when the ancients paid thee homage long thou who didst call the furies from the abyss and round orestes bade them howl and hiss for that unnatural retribution just had it but been from hands less near in this thy former realm i call thee from the dust dost thou not hear my heart awake thou shalt and must it is not that i may not have incurred for my ancestral faults or mine the wound i bleed withal and had it been conferred with a just weapon it had flowed unbound but now my blood shall not sink in the ground to thee i do devote it thou shalt take the vengeance which shall yet be sought and found which if i have not taken for the sake but let that pass i sleep but thou shalt yet awake and if my voice break forth tis not that now i shriek from what is suffered let him speak who hath beheld decline upon my brow or seen my mind's convulsion leave it weak but in this page a record will i seek not in the air shall these my words disperse though i be ashes a far hour shall wreak the deep prophetic fullness of this verse and pile on human heads the mountain of my curse End of section seven